We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, on this episode of Drinks with Binks, we're bringing you an interview with former NHL enforcer Sean Avery that I conducted a few months ago back in November of 2019. Sean is known for his on-ice antics and unique personality, and with that he brings his strong opinions on why he should be the face of Hockey Night in Canada in light of Don Cherry being fired, why he thinks CTE doesn't actually exist, and of course, the art of fighting. In his words, you can never lose a fight if you're fighting for a reason. Take a listen. Hey guys, welcome on in to Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and I'm so excited to have former NHLer, one of my friends, Sean Avery, here on the couch today. You've been all over the U.S. doing some movie stuff, some shooting. We're finally able to get you on the couch because we've been wanting to have you as a guest for quite some time. On the couch, yeah. (laughs) In many ways that we'll be discussing here on the show today. (laughs) And as you know, drinks with things, we got to have a drink. And we asked you what you wanted to drink today. And what do we have? Well, I'm having a Lipton tea, I think, because (laughs) it is... 11 a.m. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, if, I know. Do people do people say that? Well, or cheers. Is this oh like yeah, we're everyone knows that uh, we are taping this earlier okay. in the day um, so on y- Thursday, actually, in case something crazy happens before this airs. Right. 11 right. a.m. We've got. I think it's some black tea. Is that correct? Oh, you have to drink the same. I always thing? do. Oh wow. Yeah, black tea with uh, orange rinds and sweet spice. Oh, I didn't get that. But it's fancy. We, yeah, you didn't get that one. No, Sorry, no, 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 no. You got that. Um, so yeah, I'll take a little sip too. So it's like, it's not bad. It's warm. It's, 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 <laughs> it's warm. Yeah, it's no, it's not uh, really hot. Uh, to be honest, like that's what we try to say on the show is, you know, while the graphics have alcohol in there, whatnot, we, we drink every different type of drink. We've had water, we've had juice. We've had many different types of alcohol right. too. Um, and Pete, that doesn't stop people at 11 a.m., I will say. I, yeah, I wish it did. I'm but. not much of a drinker, but um, I'm definitely not a judger. Yeah. Well, that's so, good. That's, pick your poison. <laughs> <laughs> well, also on the show, we like to drink somewhere in okay. the world. And we know that you're a big New York guy. Yeah. So we are going to be drinking in New York. But we thought that we'd also go somewhere that you know pretty well at the old... The old rink at the right. old barn. The old, yeah, the old barn. On the yep. back of a Zamboni. Yeah, that's, yeah. When, oh, wow. Yeah, I we're see. we're right there. Okay. Wow. Um, nice. When was, when was the last time you, you hit the ice? Uh, the last time I hit the ice was the last game that I ever played, which I have no idea when it was, but I feel like it might have been against Carolina or, yeah. And, um, yeah, I have no equipment or... We're hearing it's December of 2011. December 2011. Yeah. So... Against Buffalo, in Buffalo. Against Buffalo, in Buffalo. Yeah, I... Um, it's funny, like, uh, people always ask me, like, oh, do you still skate? And there's not really anything... For me, like, if I had equipment now and I went and played in some beer league, I would end up in the parking lot after the game, like, fighting some dude and his girlfriend would be hitting me with her purse or something because there's always a guy that 
you know, wants to be the hero out there and, and take a run at somebody and especially you. Yeah, especially me. So you there's no there's no um, and I'm not one to turn down a fight. So <laughs> there's really no upside in me playing in any sort of recreational league. I think uh, if if I'm blessed enough to have a little son, a little Avery running around at some point, maybe he'll want to be a dancer or he could decide that he wants to be a hockey player mm -hmm. and then maybe I'll get a pair of skates and because yeah, I sent up. you a text asking if you would join my men's league right. team for a game, just because we're, we're we need to win, and we we lost twelve to two, so we're ready to cheat and just bring. Yeah, it I'm in. not sure how much I would help at this point. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think it's kind of like skin. riding a bike. You would you you wouldn't forget, but I would definitely need like I, I yeah I don't would, know. Have you wanted to get back out there? No, no. Although I watch games now, and. I actually think that I could probably, I, I haven't played in seven years, eight years. I think I would need like two months and I could mm -hmm. come back and yeah. play because the game doesn't, there's no physicality anymore. It's just about how fast you are and how well you can move the puck. And that was never an issue with me. So I think if I really kind of bared down and got into like playing shape, I could still play. So when it was your last game, did you know that that would be the last time you're on the ice? No, I don't think I, I, I don't think I knew that that was potentially my last game. I think I knew in my head that I wasn't going to keep playing much mm -hmm. longer. Um, you know, I played 12 years, which at that point everyone's like, "Oh, you retired so young." Yeah, I mean, I I did, but I also played a long time and like I felt like I had a good run and um you know I think you get to a breaking point with guys like guys either play too long mm -hmm. or they don't play too long and I think if you decide that you want to do something outside of the game once you're done playing there's a point where you have to say like if I'm a 37 38 year old man like entering the the world it's a big difference between like a 32 or 33 right. year old. Um, so it's like so just new skills to have to learn for yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, I think also too, you're, you know, that, that extra, like the tail end of your career, those, those final like five or six years, something happens to you and you get beat up that compounding mm -hmm. interest of like, you know, maybe I, this isn't a young man's game mm -hmm. anymore. It's funny, like, I can see it. I saw it the other night. I watched Boston play, and, like, Chara, he's not the same player. No. Like, he's slow. He's not – he doesn't have what he had even last year watching the games. Like, yeah, he's, he's lost 42. a step. He, he's just – He's yeah. also just such a big guy. Like, yeah, there's I mean, those so guys miles are, on the Yeah, body. they're fast, and, like, he's a big guy. Now he's adjusted his game. He's smart. He knows mm -hmm. how to play with his stick, and, like, he's still a big man, so it's tough to get around him. But, yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope with guys deciding when, you know, when they're going to hang it up and, and when they're going to say, you know what, I got another year in the tank. We had a guy on this on our other show that you know well, James Wisniewski, and uh, he said that it's like mini car crashes every day when you're on the ice. Like yeah, I mean, your body I, goes through so much. Yeah, I mean, I, he he. I don't know if I saw him if he's ever hit anyone, but he probably got hit more than he ever <laughs> uh, hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So he's yeah, he suffered more of the blow than sort of dished it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he had a rough and tumble career, that's for sure. <laughs> be great to have both of you guys on this couch at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you watch a lot of hockey still. And I remember watching your Instagram during Stanley Cup playoffs. You were very much for the Blues against the Bruins in that way. When yeah. you watch the game now, what is it like as a former player, even just seeing some of these guys? You said it's a lot faster, but even just, just watching the game, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, what I think is is wild is like, you know, you see guys now, and I think it's it's the reason the game is where it's at is because in the last two or three years, they've just eliminated hitting in the game. Like, you can cut across the middle with the puck now and like you watch guys in Toronto uh, a lot of the more skilled players in the league they have no qualms about putting their head down and kind of cutting right. to the middle and making a move where 
you know, when I came in the league, that was like Scott Stevens and Chris Pronger and like guys that if you cut in the middle, you were a dead man. It, it wasn't, there was no question you were getting killed. I, I keep like Dallas Drake comes into my head right now. Of like if you cut into the middle and, and Dallas Drake was on the ice, like you're getting killed. Mm. Now you see these guys and like, it's great because it's exciting and, the, and there's tons of moves and like the playmaking's there, but it's very interesting that just in a, in the matter of two years that has stopped. And I think it's because guys are scared to, to hit because the suspensions, the suspensions and like, you don't know what, there's no consistency in any of those Mm -hmm. calls. It's basically like a clean hit. Now, if you smoke a guy and you hurt a guy, that doesn't matter. You're getting suspended because you hurt a guy. Mm. Whereas when I was playing, you could just, just demolish somebody. And if it was a clean hit, and the guy was hurt, that didn't matter. It was right. a clean hit. So it's a very different mindset. And I don't blame the guys. Like, what a fun league to play in now where you go out and you know, like, it's not going to be a grind on your body right. tonight. Like, it's a skilled game. And I'm going to go out there and just, like, fire it around and skate. And we're going to make plays. It would have been nice to be able to play in the guys that are type still dishing game. out dirty hits, though. I mean, sometimes when you're in the corners, yeah, there's some there, areas. There, there's minute compared to like, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's drastically different at this right. point. Okay. Well, we have a, a lot more we want to get to on the program, including who's going to replace Don Cherry. Stay tuned. Drinks with Thanks. I'm Christina Root, and I'm the host of Catalina Star's Young and Famous podcast, where I interview the young and famous Latinx stars that you know and love. I'm nine years old, and I interview stars from your favorite Netflix show, Disney show, and favorite movie. I ask young and famous Latinxers how they made their dreams come true. Listen to Catalina Stars every week to get motivated, inspired, and happy with me. Christina, the youngest Latinx journalist and podcaster. Listen to Catalina Stars, Young and Famous with Christina Aru on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Grant Wall, and I satisfied my thirst on Drinks with Binks. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We've got former NHLer Sean Avery with us here today. And it's sort of, uh, it's not fair to say just former NHLer because you've done so many other things in your life. And especially as a former professional athlete, more so than many other guys. Like you've dipped into many different realms of entertainment and beyond. We're going to get into, you've been shooting movies and, and whatnot. But with your career, you, you've been sort of known as this, um, you know, you've got a lot of personality, but on the ice, a bit of an antagonistic character. When you look back at what you were like, how do you feel about sort of the, the, the role you played on the ice? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think when I, when I think about that and I compare it to the game now, like, I was an exciting player to watch just because you had no idea what was going to happen on any given night like did you know it was going to happen no no i mean i think you know sometimes i went into a game like there were games when we would go to toronto and i was like i know i'm going to fight darcy tucker tonight but there was like a tuesday night in nashville where i had no idea you know five minutes before the game i was trying to get myself excited for the game and then three minutes into the game it's like a shit show i mean i i don't know i think it just depended like in what way i mean it just just a hit you know because the game was different than like the physical part of the game was much more prevalent and like it, it a game could turn on its head in a second and um also sometimes my role was always based on i think momentum that's how i mm-hmm. kind of looked at it like if we came out of the gate slow and we were down to nothing in the first period like i just knew that i had to do something to get us back in the game it wasn't ever a question i think f- coaches probably were more so worried uh, about whether i was going to pick the right spot mm-hmm. which i i don't think was ever really an issue like 
it was smart when I early on in my career, like my first year in Detroit, I learned the art of like picking when you needed to kind of fight to get your team back in the game. And I think there's a lot of guys that chose the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of the game when I played for sure is like, when do you need to light a fire under everybody's ass and like be able to to kind of just. I don't know. It was just like a vibe and a feeling right. that would, you could feel. Would it, would there be a specific moment? Would it be like when you got scored on or something happened? Or I mean, I, I think I, not necessarily with me because I was just always like ornery and like pissed off. That was kind of just the way that I played. I always felt like um, I was just angry. Like when I played, I enjoyed playing angry. It was like the the it was my fun. It was the okay. way that I enjoyed playing. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you never knew what you were going to get. Like it could turn into a complete circus and it could happen quick and everybody would just kind of be like, what the f just happened like and it happened so many times i mean yeah did you get excited for those moments because i know some players get very yeah. stressed out ahead of no, knowing they have to fight no i loved i loved it i loved it i mean uh, you know there were no not really like i never went to bed going oh god i wish tomorrow i hope tomorrow doesn't come mm -hmm. like i always i always just embraced part of the reason too was when I fought the way that I fought, I didn't fight to like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, let's drop our gloves and, and punch each other as many times in the face as we possibly can. I always thought that was the stupidest way to fight. Like there's an art to it and you can be strategic in like how you throw punches and how you roll off of punches and just putting your chin down and like burying punches into each other's head is brain dead. It's so like what, what kind of, um, what I would mean, you I, tell people about the art of fighting? You know, I, I always knew that I was going to get into a fight and I was going to be able to control a fight. Like I was never going to, I was, it was never going to be like Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, so, you know, the art of fighting is, it's a very bizarre thing. It's like fighting in a phone booth because there's no movement. If you move in a hockey fight, the guy that you're fighting moves with you because you're always you're always anchored to each other otherwise you can't really fight because mm -hmm. we're on skates um if, in a street fight i've been in street fights obviously you can there's movement you mm -hmm. you like it's like a boxing you match duck, you can yeah but you're on skates a hockey ice. fight is bizarre it's like tying two guys together and telling them to fight um so yeah there's an art to it for sure so what would you say like say you know you and you and I were going to duke it out. What's what's some like advice? Like what would you do? I mean, I, I would always. Uh, well, one, you can always feel a punch coming because you can feel the the mm. tension change in how the guy's holding you. So like you go, you watch fights and you see um, you can always see when a guy takes his hand and he moves off of you because the hand that he's holding you with, it loosens a bit. And there's like, it's a really weird sort of like Mr. Miyagi thing, like wax on, wax off. You can just feel it coming and then you kind of, you move with it. And momentum's a big thing with it. Like when you try and punch a guy, you always, I would always try and pull him towards me so that I could use that momentum mm. to then kind of lean forward it's a very um yeah the art and science of fighting is a very interesting um art did anyone ever teach you that or did you learn from other players no i kind of i kind of it was something that i learned because i never liked getting hit like i was just like this feels awful like i don't like getting punched in the f head it's the worst feeling in mm. the world um maybe getting hit with a slap shot Oof. like in the face is is that could be worse but like getting punched in the in the head it, it sucks so i just kind of it was trial and error and i tried to figure out ways that um i could not get hit mm -hmm. that was really kind of and then the, the the thing that you always wanted to do 
one, you could never lose a fight if you were fighting for a reason. So if you were fighting for a teammate or if you were fighting for the team, you could never really lose a fight. Even if you got shit kicked, you just you wouldn't lose the fight because you get up and you would look at your bench and the right. guys would know there was a reason why mm -hmm. you did that. And um, the other part of that is if you land on the, you just got to make sure you land on top. Right, that's it. It's like because that's what the crowd yeah, sees. Yeah, if you land on top, that's where you get the cheers, <laughs> and like that can it can be as simple as just Falling. landing on top. Yeah. Do you also think about it that way, with just like how can I make sure I'm yeah. not on the bottom? Yeah, total, definitely. Even when you know that the thing when it's gonna come to an end, or you know, there were fights that I bailed out that like I was like I'm not I got to get out of this mm -hmm. thing, and I just figured out a way to get that guy off balance and get on top of him. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned just the, the blows to your head and guys dealing with the after effects, you know, of fighting, concussion, CT, all that. Does fighting still have a place in the game today? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I don't wake up and feel effects of CTE. Um, I think it's a... I, I'm not a scientist. I don't know the science behind it, but I think um, I think a lot of that stuff comes from boredom and like uh, the depression comes from not knowing what you're going to do next. And so you don't think I, I mean, it's related. To listen, I, I think I think I think uh, everybody's made up different. You hear about it in boxing. Guys have like glass jaws. I think the thing that is dangerous is when guys get a concussion and they come back too early. Mm. I think that's the thing that, and there's no measuring stick for it. It's, it's this thing that you can't see. It's like the invisible man in a room. You can feel it though, and I think, um, you know, it's a tough thing because getting back in the lineup, not losing your job, there's a lot of fears that come with that. Uh, I think the most important thing is when guys come back too early, they're screwed, and I've seen it, you know, time and time again i thought my phone was on silent but it's not i i've seen it time and time again where a guy took a shot and he came back too early and he was never the same has that ever happened to you no i got knocked out once uh my first year in detroit by doobie westcott who was like uh he's kind of like a marginal he was a little guy little guy like smaller than me um played in columbus and he just caught me like boom it was just a perfect shot right on my chin and I just dropped like I can remember just like my legs came out from under me and but I something clicked inside of me when I realized what happened and then I came back up quick and mm -hmm. it was sort of more at a shock um, but that was the only time I ever got knocked out by a by a punch and yeah I mean I think there's also a difference between getting knocked just getting hit and you get you can feel the difference between like I saw I was on the ice when Colton or um, basically killed uh, oh yeah the guy from Philly um god what was his name JB do you got this Philly guy um, uh, I, I know Philly's the fight you're talking guy. about he was yeah Philly's tough guy he, he kind of went into like yeah it was a very famous fight I remember it was very hard to watch yeah uh you know hearing that punch is a I mean, I've only heard a couple of those punches over the course of my career, and that's like a that's like a a, a career killing punch. Mm -hmm. But those guys are also in a different that job is a different job because those guys went out every night and they actually couldn't tell you whether or not they were going to make it to the next day. That was like the reality of it because they could just those guys could they were career killers in one punch and um todd fedoric is todd fedoric yeah. yeah and fedoric was never the same he yeah. was literally he got knocked out a few times after that in fights he was never the same that was the biggest punch i've ever seen thrown well when you see things like that happen especially as a an audience member or a fan it's it's tough like you think well then why would we keep this in if we're seeing guys lose their careers and lose their lives in ways too. We're I mean, gonna... it's a barbaric sport, mm -hmm. you know, I we're like, gonna... I, I don't think that, I think we all know what we're, what we're signing up for. All right. Well, we're going to talk a whole lot more about Sean's career and beyond when we come back on drinks with things.
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, guys. Welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We've got Sean Avery, former NHLer, um, movie actor on Instagram, talking about bikes, lanes and beyond stairmaster rants uh really a whole lot going on here and we've been we've been drinking some black tea and we've been discussing fighting in the game and i mean we couldn't have you on the show without discussing one of the biggest sports stories this week which is longtime hockey night in canada broadcaster former coach don cherry being fired from sports and it's hockey night in canada yeah how do you feel about it i mean you know i think uh Listen, I, I grew up watching grapes, and I think, like, till I die, there's going to be this this feeling ingrained inside of me of, like, Saturday nights and watching Coach's Corner. There's mm-hmm. no—it's um, it's one of my earliest childhood memories. It's, like, one of the memories that I associate with the game, um, just, like, a beautiful memory. Mm-hmm. I think even as I became— a pro and became an NHL player like at a certain point you start to realize like grapes he kind of really didn't ever really know what he was talking about he was sort of like he was kind of in the ballpark of what was happening but he was still Canadian and still passionate and he loved the game and the combination of him and Ron McLean together it's like TV magic really yeah you know, I think that the problem is he should have stopped doing it a few years ago mm-hmm. because when you start to re- like, you know, the whole thing with Grapes never knew anybody's name or he always mm-hmm. said the name's wrong. But in the last couple of years, he said the name's wrong because it was just like firing a little slower than usual and it wasn't like part of the shtick. And I think when you get to that point, like, I don't know if you've seen Larry King yes. lately. Yeah. It gets to a point where it's like, you know, you had a good run. Right. And I think part of that is, is, you know, Canada is such an artistic country. Like, they have so many interesting artistic people that make great movies or musicians. And, like, the CBC, how there's nobody in there that, that said, you know what, how can we transition out of grapes? Like, true. Very true. We have a second intermission. We have after a game like why don't we start developing some programming that can maybe compete and give us an alternative to transition Mm -hmm. out of this because you'll see now this coming saturday night they don't have a backup plan they haven't groomed anyone no no one wants to listen to kelly rudy uh in between periods like it's the same old nonsense so it just blows my mind that they haven't developed anyone new and you know it's just, it's, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, and it seems as though when Hockey Night Canada moved from CBC to Sportsnet, like, they did make some changes and the public didn't like it. Because right. people like tradition. They like, they turn on your TV on Saturday night and they see the same thing that they know. But then, now that they've made this change, and as you said, you know, he's on air too long. He really was. Yeah. And a lot of his views don't necessarily line up, of course, to 2019. Right. But where do you go from here? Yeah, I mean, where do you go from here? But just going back to one yeah. thing that you said, like, uh, people love the tradition of it. But you can see right now, like, Spitting Chicklets is a, is a great example. Like, that was a new piece of content that was just interesting, that hockey fans were like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I love this. So the idea that they're, they're really kind of leaning into tradition and they don't want to hear anything else, I don't necessarily buy that. Because you You could say it's lazy in a way. Right. It's like, I don't understand why the CBC didn't proactively find an alternative. And what happens next? They're going to make the wrong choice. Because 
what happens next is either they try and replicate a, a, a once in a lifetime mm -hmm. thing, which is which they Don can't. and 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 Ron McLean. You can't replicate mm -hmm. that. So, how do you transition out of it? Well, the people want. Obviously, it's clear that like. Canadians and hockey fans like that friction. Yeah. There's that thing in between the first and the second period that we are always going to identify with. Like, we don't want to hear the same talking heads say the same thing. And if you hear the hockey talking heads are the worst because no one steps outside the box. They have nothing interesting to say that's actually warranted because they're all afraid of losing their job. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what they have to do because they were hockey players and there's nothing else to do. They've never taken any chances. So the CBC. And then now I mean, Sportsnet. It's, yeah, CBC, it's on a different uh, Sportsnet, network now. Right. Yeah. So Sportsnet. Like the, the only logical thing, and, and this is the reality, like if you ever want to create the friction that Don Cherry created on TV, the only person you could ever hire to do it is me. There's the only person that could do that job where you could, you know, create that friction but also have you know the one thing grapes always lean back on he coached and he played mm -hmm. and i don't know any players living right now that would have the confidence to go on tv and go against the right. grain or that has a rule named after them in the league yeah, and we well, we want to give you a chance to state your claim for this job but we got to take a yeah. quick break but we'll be back with more on sean avery next on cherry Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey guys, welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We've got Sean Avery here in the house. We were just discussing Don Cherry no longer with Hockey Night in Canada. A big void to fill and a huge opportunity for a network to make a change for the better. And you were saying you are the only guy to be able to fulfill this role and why. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say one thing. I, I was just thinking, you know, what do they do this coming Saturday? The right thing to do the, really, the, the right thing that they should do this coming Saturday is Ron McLean should get up and they should pan the cameras in on Ron and he should do a tribute to Don Cherry because I haven't heard from Ron McLean and I don't think anyone has. I don't well, know he if he's discussed that he apologized for not being able to stop Don. Well, he, but that's not his job. It I mean, kind of is to rein him in. That right. Was but like, at that point, like his he babysitter. Had, yeah, but he had already said it. And. I think, you know, I don't know if there's been many um, duos in sports that have been as great as those two in any league. I mean, I, 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 you know, there's been some Monday night football teams that, but from a pure entertainment standpoint, like mm -hmm. those guys got on and they had three minutes to, to, to do something that I've never seen in sports done. So Ron McLean should get up and they should do a tribute to, to Grapes because, to hang him out to dry at this point because he said something, it's let's, just let's not... Let's remember it wasn't necessarily just one thing. Well, he said, he, listen... And as what, you acknowledged. Yeah, he many said things. many things, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Was it that bad? I mean, I don't know. I think it was, what, offensive. was, it a, I think it was offensive enough on top of... To who? To the, to the to, Twitter brigade? To, to the blue check mark? I mean... I think a lot of people who were fans of the game who weren't necessarily from that prototypical background that Don Cherry thinks are fans, like a lot of people really love the game and, and love Canada and felt that they were being targeted for yeah, just that, where they come because, from. That's because the, the social media trolls and the heroes of the world automatically made this assumption that Don Cherry's a racist. Well, he did it himself. Well, he didn't really. 
because I don't believe Don Cherry is a racist man. How come? He I don't blatantly believe, said it on TV. No, I, I don't think that his words were racist. I think that if you saw Don Cherry, if you were an immigrant and, and Don Cherry was walking into a Tim Hortons, I believe Don Cherry would stop and hold the door and open the door for any immigrant. I'm sure he would. But I don't think that that... So, so the root of well, Don then, Cherry then is he's not a language, racist man. Then you don't the, say you people I, that come here from other countries. Don Cherry is a man that has, hasn't evolved with mm -hmm. modern talk, speaking. And Being, he's an older which man. Which is moral. This is not, this is not like a no. But we all have thing. grandparents. It's just treating people with respect and dignity. That right. They but we all have grandparents that I think um, haven't evolved with the modern times, and I don't think that you would necessarily. I wouldn't say that grandparent, your grandfather's a racist. You know, I cut people a little bit of slack, and I think that grapes. He was an incredible entertainer for a long time. Now, coming back to what you said, the transition of who's going to take that job, I guess the question is, do they think that they can keep Coach's Corner going? Mm -hmm. I don't think that they can. I think there no. has to be a new iteration of something. Um, does the Sportsnet team have it in them to make that choice? No. I, I think that is they are going to butcher whatever decision they make. I think it's going to be laughable what they do. Okay, well, you told us that you think you are the guy to take over. No, I, I think if they were smart, if they if they realized how, that there was a future. Come? Tell us why you think you'd be great for this job. Because make you, your pitch. You, you You've got have cameras. To, no, Tell you, us. Well, you have to look at it. You have to look at it from a personality standpoint. Like, who are two interesting personalities in the game? I look at Paul Bissonette, who. Biz is running spitting chiclets. He's such an interesting character. You have to have a balance of two people. They've proven the model works, Ron and Don. I'm not saying that I could go on there by myself because I couldn't. There's no friction in that. Okay, so ideally you'd want to go on there and who else would it be with? Like what you you said you should I'd, be on I'm Coach's Corner. You there's a be. handful, I'm saying there's a handful, there's maybe two or three people that you could put into an environment where the two of them could click and they could create a new coach, okay. coach's corner, a modern day coach's right, a corner. Modern day, as you said, being able to, to bring in new audiences, be relevant with different references. But I want to focus on you because you mentioned yourself. Give me two or three reasons why you should be in a role like this, you specifically. Well, one, I'm not sure that I would actually do it. Okay, that's not a good number one. <laughs> but two, um, because I have the ability to uh, be humorous, self-deprecating. I understand the game. I understand culture. I understand all of the modern-day ticks and tendencies of the world and the people that we're surrounded by. Um, I have a sense of humor, which in the hockey world, that doesn't really exist. It's it's few and far between. Um, you know, I think you have to find two personalities that are going to ignite a room and a conversation. And I've never had a problem igniting a conversation. No. I think if we look in the history of the game over the last 20 years, I've ignited probably more conversations mm -hmm. than any single player. And I think that I've done that with Is actions. Is that what it's about? Yeah, I mean, I, that's entertainment. The root of this whole decision for Sportsnet is what is entertaining and what is going to sell advertisers. And they're going to be afraid because they think tradition and hockey sells advertisers. But we've proven that, that that's not the case. Well, advertisers Everyone. were definitely weary of Don Cherry, which was probably a big reason why he's no longer there anymore. But we have to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. Drinks with Banks.
To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Hey guys, welcome on back to Drinks with Banks. I'm JSB. We've got Sean Avery here. And uh, to transition out of hockey, you have been working on, you've been acting for many years now, but you're just doing a movie, right? Tell yeah. us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm like afraid to i have no idea whether or not i'm allowed to say what okay. i just finished a, a very very large movie Ooh. in um in uh california that uh, i was shooting for f three or four weeks and um yeah it was like it's one of the best directors in the world probably the best director tease. in the in the world and i think it'll be a very interesting movie but um yeah, no, this last year, I think I've done five or six movies and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a thing that I started this journey, this acting journey, probably four years ago, five years ago, a buddy of mine, Pete Berg, put me in a movie called Patriot's Day. Right. And, uh, I was on the train coming home and I was like, you know, this is really interesting because it's this, it's the only thing that I've felt that's similar to playing you're like standing on a set and there's 200 people around and they say action and all of a sudden it's this like fireball of energy and and you know you've been doing some stand-up there's just an element entertaining whether it's sports or in front of the camera mm -hmm. there's so many similarities and um yeah it's been fun i think uh i think the industry's starting to take notice that like i've been paying my dues right, and, yeah. and uh you know grinding grinding it out like in audition rooms in new york and um classes and whatever i can you know i'm, I'm doing the thing and it's fun yeah yeah because you, I mean, you told me about some acting classes in new york too and and what kind of i know you're a big shakespeare guy but like what kind of roles are you auditioning for or are you at movies that you're acting in how would you describe the yeah i mean i think it's uh i think it's funny because like uh, you know, I'm not a comedic guy, but I find myself to be very funny. I don't know. Like there's a, there's a type of humor that I think, um, you know, it's tough to find. Like you're also, you're also relying on material that you're not really controlling. Right. So this whole journey of like, how do you make the decision on what you want to, what category you want to fall into it's it's a very tough one. I think like Chris Pratt's a great example. He did Zero Dark Thirty, which mm -hmm. Zero Dark Thirty for him was a role that it was it was a cool role because you saw him as like a man soldier, tough guy, but he had some moments where he was funny and comedic in a great movie. And I think moving forward for me, picking those strong opportunities versus like I don't network auditions and network shows right they're not very good well you not know? as many eyeballs on them anymore yeah i mean not only that like the material i mean i i don't you know i network shows I, tell I, us what you can a little bit about this movie that you just did because think that robert de niro was a part of it maybe no, that's not no 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 his daughter no, no. Nope. Um, bad scoop. Bad no, it's funny. One of the, the somebody that I that that I was. I feel so weird, like not being able. I'm just nervous to. No, whatever. I we totally get it. But um, there was a former athlete who's an actor now in it, and it was fun to work with with him because he's kind of had an interesting trajectory and like he was a professional athlete now he's an actor and who's that and um, John David Washington. Okay. So. Um, it was just cool to kind of be in an atmosphere where, like, what are the chances of being on set and working with somebody that has a similar yeah, story? Batman. I mean, he's obviously 
his body of work in the acting world he's really done some great things and like the guy works his ass off and it was very interesting to watch the similarities between the two mm -hmm. i think that's what's interesting also when athletes are done they don't they don't always have the confidence like you were an elite worker right and i think when you're when you have the skill set and the drive and you understand what it takes to work you can transition into mm -hmm. anything like there's nothing that you can't do and i well, think the rock that, is a good example too, yeah the right? rock's an amazing example um if you had to look at an athlete we have to go to break in a second but if you had to look at an athlete now or even just a former athlete who you think would transition well to acting who might come to mind oh boy uh I mean, I, I could see Tony Romo on like a mm. network sitcom family show. He has that. Like, he's aura just about got him. that like, he he's open and he's comfortable and he's funny and he's self-deprecating. He doesn't take himself too seriously and he's comfortable in front of the camera. That's the other thing. Like, it's a nerve-wracking job, mm. and you just have to be able to kind of set your nerves down and just kind of roll with it and become something mm -hmm, perfect all right well we're going to take a quick break but we've got a lot more to talk about including bike lanes mm -hmm. next What's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We've got Sean Avery here. We we're just talking movies, but now we can't have you here without discussing bike lanes yeah. in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. What started your tirade and, and what's been the response? Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, obviously I played in New York for the New York Rangers for a long time. And um, I'm more famous now because of my bike lane videos than I ever was as a professional hockey player in New York. Like I can't literally I cannot walk anywhere in New York City without somebody stopping me or like I hear people yelling out office buildings and car windows. The bike lane thing was just kind of a natural. So I, I do these kind of crazy videos on Instagram, bike lane videos where I, mm -hmm. I yell and scream at people that block the bike lane in New York City. And I think it's an interesting thing because obviously there's some relevance. 24 people have died in New York City right. this year on bikes. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting conversation because we have a mayor in New York who is totally out of touch with like the people in the city and what's happening in the city. And there's a major problem in the city right now because there's an influx of trucks and delivery trucks right. and, you know, but the people are wanting to move around faster. So bikes have become a part of our daily life. City bikes in New York, it's, it's an element. I just couldn't take it anymore where, you know, I would see a, a mom and a daughter on their bikes going to school in the morning and there's an Uber driver or UPS truck blocking the bike lane. So it was sort of just like therapeutic to me where I could vent and I could scream at these people and, and the reaction from, you know, people on Instagram, people love it and they go crazy over mm -hmm. it because everyone has, uh, certainly in New York, a day doesn't go by where you walk down the street or you're biking in New York and you're not frustrated with somebody's behavior. Right. Because there's no rules and nobody follows any rules. There's no common courtesy whatsoever. Grubhub and, and, uh, and Uber Eats and all the delivery guys in the city, they could care less. They are reckless. And, um, you know, part of the other thing, too, is... Everyone's always like, oh, you're, 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 you, you don't ever go after the bikers. Like, the bikers are pro part of the problem, too, because they don't follow any rules. Like, if I am at a stop si sign in New York City or I hit a, a red light, I stop. And A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And the problem I haven't, I, I, I've tried to start incorporating 
me yelling at the bikers that break the mm. law, but they're moving and it's much tougher. So this is a big task you've taken on. It's, yeah, it's oh, a it's lot a of full time job. Patrol. It's a full time job. Part, p the, the one thing people always want to know is like, how do you film when you're on mm. a bike? And sometimes I'm on a bike. Sometimes I'm on a scooter. Um, sometimes I'm on a one wheel, which is like this crazy a unicycle. It's it's like an electric <laughs> unicycle, but wow. you're not on a seat. You're standing up. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the bike lane videos are f super fun. Everyone can relate to it because I'm basically doing what everyone wants to do inside of them mm. themselves. Like, I don't care if you're a, 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 a church going grandmother. They've had that thought in their head at some point, like this guy is a f asshole. And I basically just tell them that they're an asshole and I film it and all my Instagram followers get to see it and they get very angry when I don't post. Right. Well, you were saying you've been in California. Yeah, you haven't been I, able I to haven't, the I've streets. been in bike lane withdrawal and I started losing followers. People were like, you're I'm not following you anymore if you're not giving me this content. So it's funny, like we live in this PC world where you can't do or say anything. But what I'm seeing is people, they love it. They want to feel like somebody's going against the grain right. and saying, you know what? You're an asshole, and I'm going to tell you you're an asshole. Well, you certainly did that on the ice, so it's a transferable skill. Right, there's a lot of similarities. Well, we love listening to your rants, and uh, we got to take a break, but we'll be back after this. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Alright guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We have had uh, a nice conversation over some pretty cold tea, but you know, <laughs> I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Right. Um, we've been discussing hockey, movies, bike lanes. Where, what are you doing next? Like where can people sort of find you? I mean, you can, you can get your daily fix of like living vicariously through me and, and, uh, you know, saying <laughs> the man on my Instagram page, which is I'm Sean Avery. I am Sean Avery. Um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's where it's all going down well, these well, days. Well, it's very refreshing because, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of athletes, that people are scared to have an opinion and to yeah, say things. Yeah, they are. They're very boring. Um, Which would make you a great candidate for potentially yeah, Coach's, Coach's Corner. Corner. Yeah, you're not going to see me doing like a Taco Tuesday skit anytime <laughs> soon. I know that's a big thing nowadays. But what, what would be, what would you want to do next? What quickly just to... Uh, I mean, I've got a couple auditions this week. I, okay. I you know, I just got to get a job. Great. That's well, the, uh, uh, I think you made a, a great pitch here today for many different types of jobs. Right. And we have to go. Make sure you follow us, Fubo Sports, me, JSB underscore TV. And you know what? Bottoms up, baby. Let's go.